All right. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council podcast. I'm your host, Riley Meek, and we've got ourselves a treat today. Uh, someone that I'm excited to really dive into just conversation here with um, about man, we're just going to talk about his life. We're going to talk about church. We're going to talk about ministry. And uh, part of the reason we're doing this episode is because we are actually hosting an event coming up in Jacksonville, Florida at Creekside Christian Church. It's coming up in October here, October 21st, 22nd. We'll have more details on that. Uh, But the executive minister here of, of Creekside Christian Church, Mr. Stephen Corp. Welcome to the show, brother. Thank you very much, Riley. I appreciate you guys having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. This is going to be great, man. So uh, for the uh, the listeners here, so Stephen and I, we go way back, like all of about seven minutes. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it's going to be fun because uh, I can't say that, I guess, even we, we met a f- few months ago, I think when uh, Roger Sullivan, some of you guys in the, in the King's council know who Roger is. Um, uh, made the introduction uh, and and that's what just kind of led to, Hey, we're going to look at hosting this kingdom business advancement there in Jacksonville. And uh, we thought, well, let's just, let's just connect. Let's, let's see um, again, how we can maybe best support each other and hop on and, and have this conversation. So I'm excited. So Steven, your executive minister, Creekside Christian church, give us a little, if you can, man, give us a, uh, a three minute overview of why, why, ministry why the church why you know what what what, do you, what was your heart or your calling towards uh actually diving into ministry absolutely well thank you again riley and i love the shout out to roger roger yes. is a legend and uh i love that guy and i learned a lot from roger too um and and in short it's guys like that that make ministry just a, a joy mm. um, but i would give a ton of credit I'm, I'm one of those that was very blessed to be raised in the church um, from the time I was a little, little guy, I haven't missed an Easter since I was a year old, <laughs> been in church. And that has a lot to do with uh, my parents and their parents and just a legacy there of, of instilling faith in, in our family uh, for generations. So I always love to shout that out because I think it's, uh, it just goes to the point of the legacy. It's, it's one of the only things you can, you can really pass on that's going to matter when it turns yeah. out. So um, but yeah, raised in the church, grew up in Rhode Island. So we were part of a Baptist church up there and we moved down here. Dad found what was just a Christian church. He drove by it and he said, I'm a Christian. That sounds like us, you know? And so we've been in the Christian church now since I was about 10 years old. Okay. So growing up, it w- I was blessed to be uh, in churches that allowed young people to serve in ministry too. Mm. And for me, it was, I found a sweet spot in meet with music and uh ministry and so i was i gravitated towards worship ministry getting to get up on stage and play the drums and then you know realizing if i wanted to lead worship it'd probably be easier with a guitar and not drums and so dad was a little bit musical and kind of showed me three chords or so which is all you need in uh modern worship so (laughs) i became i became adequate there but growing up through junior high high school it just became clearer and clearer had a lot of people speaking into my life too, mentors that were like, man, Stephen, we just see something in you. God's given you a passion for people and he's given you this gift of music and you need to figure out how those things connect. Mm. Um, And so growing up right side of Orlando, Florida is where we landed. There was this gem of a small Bible college called Florida Christian College. 
College, which is now Johnson University, Florida, uh, that had an awesome worship program there. So that's where I, I kind of decided at the end of high school, I felt called into ministry. I felt like God had really made the path clear to me. Like, hey, I've, you know, I've given you these gifts. I've given you these passions. You've come from this nest and I, I need you. I need you on the front lines there. And so wanted to sharpen my skills. And so Bible college made a whole lot of sense. And coming up uh, in 2012, when graduation came around, I started asking, hey, where's, who's looking for somebody, you know, maybe full-time ministry. I was looking to get married and, you know, all those, all those life, major life decisions. And um, Creekside Christian Church was something that came through my, my email one day, said, hey, this is a church up in St. John's County that you might want to check out. And uh, came up here, fell in love with the vision of this place, our lead minister, Chuck Peterman, um, and what he's been doing with this church family. And that was 10 years ago. And so all right. here ever since. And a few months ago, the elders tapped me on the shoulder and said, um, you know, we're, the executive minister had retired. And they said, we're looking to go a little younger. And we just, we see the way that you've been leading um, the worship teams, the production teams, we want you to take that, those skills and uh, lead the staff here at the church and help lead us into the next era and seasons in ministry. So very cool, man. Yeah. So I, I just want to be clear. You made it out of Bible school I did. without getting married. Like, yeah, isn't true. that the Christian thing to do is like, just put a ring on it, man. That is correct. <laughs> I, I, well, I'll have, yes, I did graduate before we got married. However, my wife, now wife showed up at school when I was a sophomore, she was a freshman. All right. And, so we met, and uh, three months later we're dating and, and, uh, and we were engaged my senior year and that sort of thing. But yeah, nice. Try to get out of, get the diploma before the marriage certificate. Yeah. Right, right. That's no, good. <laughs> it's awesome. So you started out then in worship, right? Uh -huh. were, you, were you like the worship leader there or how did that kind of yes. tra transpire? Okay. So my right. home church in Orlando actually hired me part-time when I was uh, my senior year of high school. Mm. Back was kind of like, it's crazy to me being in this seat now. Um, but they, <laughs> they said, Hey, can you do this for us part-time? And then I was able to, what was the really nice was I, I worked there part-time through um, Bible college as well. So I was, I was training, but also doing kind of hand in hand as I, as I went through school. Um, and then, yeah, coming up to Creekside, I was the worship minister. For okay. 10 years. Yep. Nice, man. Amazing. So now uh, a couple months ago, you got the tap on the shoulder executive uh, minister there. So what is your actual, like, what, what's your duties there or, or what's the overall role? I, Cause I'm always curious with the church here in America and just like what the, the philosophy is or understanding between all the different denominations and which I'd love to even dive into this with you next, man, just about the division sure. within the church. Um, but, uh, what is your role like there, uh, at Creekside Christian? Okay. So that's, that's a question I've been getting a lot, especially the last uh, few months. But yeah, um, the best way I would describe it is the, it's really the operations side of ministry. So, you know, I mentioned Chuck earlier. Chuck's really our, our lead minister, casting vision, direction, doing a lot of the teaching. Um, and then I would, I would describe my role then on the team as coming alongside that 
and bringing the staff along with that as well and making sure the vision, how can we make this vision start to happen? Yeah. Um, how can we put some bones on, you know, just a wonderful idea and start to work backwards or reverse engineer and decide what does it need now? What resources need to go to it? So I, I kind of capture, uh, it's a lot of supervising and supporting our staff. It's the financial side of things. It's the HR kind of pieces and, you know, processes, SOPs, that kind of stuff, all necessary yeah. things. They're not, they're not bad or, or uh, anything like that. It's just, you know, having them and making sure the team's uh, aligned and using them and, and uh, that we're, we're all going in the same direction. So unity yeah. would be a big part of my role, making sure we maintain unity around our, our vision and, and that we're moving the ball forward, you know? Yeah, man, that's good. Unity, uh, which is that's like such a perfect transition. I, I mean, I, I I love what you're saying there because it's really like you're you are so you're operating the business of of the church. Like, there's you've got to have the you've got the vision, but now you, you need the atmosphere, the culture, the structure, the order. Ultimately, those things to take place in order to have any sort of momentum and and ultimately to grow the the vision that. Uh, was it, is it Chuck that yeah. Chuck Peterman? Yeah. So like, that's, I love everything that you're saying, but, and then you, you mentioned unity, dude. So what are your thoughts going through by, I am not a theologian. I didn't go through Bible school or anything like that. I'm just kind of a outside uh, observer of the church in America. Um, Cause that's my only perspective, right? I don't know what's going on in other parts of the world, but just like, you'd mentioned you grew up Baptist and, and then found the, the Christian church and, and which I'm assuming is just still some sort of a denomination, correct? Like, right. Yeah. The, okay. the, well, the irony is it's, it's a non-denominational Christian church. Okay. Calling itself that it is a denomination. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So right. help me with that. I'm curious uh, on your perspective or just, on your thought of, cause when I read the Bible, I Ephesians four, I'm like, it's unity. We are to be one. Uh, and why is there such division here? The enemy does done a great job, right. At just causing these, like, these little things of like, well, I believe this. Well, I believe this. It's like, well, why can't we just all love God and love people and, and make this work? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, that would be nice. That would be very nice. Right. Um, I would be happy to talk about uh, all that. So yeah. I mentioned little, little Florida Christian college. We had a library and I can, I can still picture it as a student walking in. One of the, one of the things they had on the wall was this crazy looking tree. And at the top, I believe it was at the top. It said, it said Jesus, you know, it was the early disciples and then the early church. And then these thousands of branches that were almost there too many to count and it was yeah. representing all these splits and denominations and breakoffs of this group and you know these people couldn't agree on something and so they had to create their own you know sect or their own their own denomination of something and it's um they had it up there and it was always just you know it was so uh, it was sobering it was sobering to see and just go like man we had the source we had the standard and the disciples many of them wrote it down we still have it today you know i still got still got mine right here and it's been uh interpreted it's been 
um, used in so many different ways. And so, you know, the yeah. question, it's a fair question to go, why, why all the differences and the changes? And, um, you know, I think many, when you look at church history, which is now 2000 years of it, yeah, it was usually out of a desire to solve a problem. You know, it was to solve, um, if you think about the Catholic church, the development of that, and when Constantine made Christianity, the religion of the Roman empire, you know, they had to, they had to have these benchmarks. Well, how do they, how do we know they're Christian? Well, they're baptized this way and they're, they're going to mass and they're doing these things. And it was this list of all the stuff that you had to do. Yep. And it made it really easy for the church leaders to be able to say, okay, those people are, are faithful and those aren't. And back and forth and so it was like let's give a let's get this little to-do list to people um and and there it's like that that spring that river so to speak that began with jesus started to get a a little uh, polluted you know here's man now putting himself and injecting his idea and his purposes into what we were given and you know they just kind of keeps breaking out these little tributaries and little you know canals here and there and and this denomination and that denomination and Martin Luther did his famous, you know, 95 thesis and nailed him to the door and said, guys, we've gotten way off target. Yep. Um, and when it comes to this, I, I'm fast forwarding down to this, the restoration church, the restoration movement. That's what the Christian church is all about. Okay. That was uh, mid 1800s in Eastern Kentucky, guys like Alexander Campbell, Barton Stone, um, and they said, you know what, why can't we go back to the source? Let's stop trying to go through all these different things and let's go back to the source. Let's go back to God's word. Let's try to do Bible things in Bible ways. You mentioned Ephesians four, mm-hmm. one, Lord, one faith, one baptism. You know, let's, let's come back to the stuff that we were originally given and find unity there. And yeah. so one of the, one of the mottos or creeds of the restoration movement has always been in the salvation essentials that it's Jesus is the way, the truth and life. No, no other way to God, but Jesus, we have to have unity. There's got to be unity there in those salvation essentials. Now in non-essentials, like how do you want to worship or is it, is it, you know, a modern band? Is it a choir? Is it pews? Is it chairs? Is it outside? You know, whatever those types of things that are not salvation essentials, liberty, there should be some freedom to choose how, how we want to do that. Um, and in all things, originally it said charity, but in all things, love. So salvation sure. essentials, we got to have unity, non-essentials, we got to have liberty. And in all things, let's do this with love. Um, so that, that I love that about the Christian church. It has, I think, more of an open heart to the idea that, hey, that church down the street, if they're preaching Jesus and, and he is the way to God, you know, restore a relationship with the, with the father. Uh, great. We can, we can connect on that, you know, and then moving down well, but they kind of set up their church organization this way and they might take this position over here on this. Uh, okay. You know, and, uh, but we're going to do it all in love too. It's not, it's not meant to be finger pointing and, um, <clears throat> and judgmental. And uh, I think, I think there's a lot of churches still struggling with what is biblical. That should be our only standard. And what is, you know, it's tradition. What is stuff that's crept in some syncretism over the years? We've let the world come into the church and 
yeah my clean house there and until we can get back you know that's what's unity being the goal we have to get back to those foundational pieces you know yeah dude i'm complete agreement what do you think has to happen then if if like because this has been just on my heart the last few months of because it's it's something that's mind-blowing to me that i'm even like i feel god's kind of just laid this on my heart because it's something that i've never even thought of i was just like first off i didn't grow up in the church i, I went you said you hadn't missed an easter yeah. eastern it was eastern maybe christmas maybe like christmas eve service the candlelight service and Easter's. i yeah. yeah exactly um and it was like it was it was an act of religion right it certainly wasn't faithfulness or that i knew even knew of a relationship um but since i've just like fully committed to this life this kingdom life style it's like man what has to happen in the american the i'm just again just speaking of in america here like when i look at uh the american church it really just seems like if to operate as the church there are so many church buildings right and and it, it seems to be that like whatever the senior pastor this you know, basically the CEO of that flock, whatever they're passionate about, that's like what it is like, oh, we're, we're a church about missions. We're a church about, uh, leadership. We're a church about, uh, evangelism, Just evangelism. Right. Yeah. And it's like, I get all of that, but aren't there also, you know, multiple people within that church, even call it even the one that's like, we're about missions. There's so many people in that church you know, that church, not capital C church building congregation that still should be served that are still need, uh, discipling in other areas, not just like, we're about missions, you know? And that's where I've just felt like, man, can't we, yes, we shouldn't we be back to that true, like there's pastors, there's preachers, there's, there's teachers, there's evangelists, like the, the true ministry. And like, that's how we grow this thing together. Uh, and it's not necessarily come on Sunday for a motivational seminar and then go away. Right. Like, like that ain't church that that's like, uh, you might as well go to a Tony Robbins conference and, and then, you know, you, as you're getting cut off in traffic on the way home from church, you're cussing and flipping the guy off. It's like, Whoa, what happened, buddy? <laughs> like, you know, and that's, I, that's where I love talking about this and getting different perspectives because when I read the Bible, I'm like, this seems like what's going on in America, like just come on Sunday. And you know, if, if you're convicted enough, if you're guilted enough, you got to show up on Sunday, put your church mask on. And then that's now you're a Christian. Like you even mentioned, like the evidence of, of, yeah. you know, uh, these boxes, so yeah. yeah. And meanwhile, there's no fruit. Like you can do those religious acts, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm fearful that it, the words will come. Like, I never knew you right. like, like, I, and that's where my heart breaks for the church itself of like, how do we wake this thing up? How do we implode this thing and like get people back to the real root of it? it and it is, unity and relationship with our creator like and, and ultimately how do we like continually glorify him but through discipleship because it's not just evangelism if it was just like saying the prayer cool but we're not called to to do that we are called to make disciples which that takes time energy and effort to to disciple people um which i gotta believe that's something like within 
freaks out there that you guys are, are doing or take oh, yeah. well, seriously. Constantly talking about, right? Yeah. Because it's like what worked 30 years ago might not be effective today. Mm -hmm. What worked 200 years ago isn't going to be effective today. And so um, you, you mentioned a few things in there. I think, I think um, what is needed there, there is, and I think there's an emerging sense of revival in the American church. I, I try to take a half glass half full kind of view of, yeah. um, and particularly, I hate to even mention it, but the, you know, the, the pandemic and COVID of 2020 really yep. sifted a lot of churches. Um, yeah. And meaning who remained committed, who, you know, I think, I think there was sad to say, I think there was some very peripheral, casual, convenient church attenders that when doors closed or, you know, everyone was shouting very loudly, don't go anywhere, wearing mm -hmm. masks and everything that we lost, you know, that, that section or that segment of people that church was very low on their priority list because that relationship and that discipleship and maturity spiritual maturity hadn't happened yet um now as we've kind of pressed in and moved past and through that and i in a, in a quick time out i'm very thankful i've lived in florida for yeah. experience um truly and i'll get to get political but we were we were blessed to be where we are and allowed to to open up at a, a different rate than a lot of our the rest of our, our yeah bro i'm in minnesota uh Sure. So it wasn't good here. <laughs> so, it's not, so, so that did not help. Right. Right. Um, but a clear, yes. So I think every church you mentioned too, I think the idea of church personality, um, many churches, I think uh, there's a concern for them when, when they're very much built around a, a personality, mm -hmm. Jesus yeah. isn't the main thing but I'm drawn, I'm attracted to that church because of the really, really gifted speaker. You know, you mentioned like a Tony Robbins, like I'm just going yeah. because there's this motivational speaker that makes me feel good or they have the best show in town. Like they yep. just, I mean, worship and production and all that kind of stuff's near and dear to my heart and excellence in it is very important. Yeah. But when that becomes like, well, why do you like that church? Well, I go, man, it's, they're rocking out. It's awesome. It's a great, you know, they might not say it, but they're saying it's a great show. It's a great yep. experience. Yep. And is it changing you? Well, no, but it was nice. And I went and I checked that box, you know. Yeah. So breaking that mold of, um, and something our, our minister Chuck, lead minister Chuck has talked about is we don't want to be an attractional church as much as a missional church. Mm -hmm. and, and that Creekside needs to attract people to the right things. It's not that attracting people to something is bad, but what are we attracting them to? Yeah. And being a much more missional church means, okay, those people that are here that have made Jesus Lord and Savior, they've been baptized, they're on mission, they are a part of, they're saying, hey, I want to I help make disciples. I want to build relationships with the people in the houses around me, my neighbors, um, my workplace, help me do that. So I, I, we really feel that the, the role of the church is to focus its time and energy on equipping those people to reach the lost and on this other side of it what are we doing everything we design as a church any program we're going to offer any ministry or mission you mentioned a mission we're going to partner with is it answering the call of reaching the world with jesus you know? yeah and so our, ours is very much a uh, discipleship by relationship um we're not 
really into the just raise your hand and you know we kind of add that number to oh there was so many saved today right much more of uh, that we take that very seriously the teaching them he says go make disciples teaching them to obey so how do we teach them that's why we have classes on campus that's why we have community groups that meet off campus in people's homes um you know that's why we have to offer things for people to come and learn and grow in their depth and knowledge of what god's word that standard says and give them some good guidelines and coaching to help how do we do that you know for some people they're really naturally gifted at having people over to their house some might be willing but help me help me be better yeah. at that, you know yeah um and so having you know strategy is not a bad thing ways to uh i think a lot of churches struggle with how to measure how to measure success um mm. And not as a way to like tout, look at us and look what we've done, but as a way to continue growing and to continue um, refining and, and recognizing quickly when something's not working. Why are yeah. we doing that? It's not working. If our, if our goal is to produce disciples that make disciples, that thing isn't doing it anymore. So yeah. let's get that energy and resource somewhere else. And so we've got some ways I'm happy, I'm happy to talk about, but it's just, you know, figuring out as a, as a team, what is, what's most valuable? What are the wins of our vision coming to life? And how are we going to measure that? How are we going to keep pushing that ball forward and recognizing when it's not working? When do we put a, a stop? I read something the other day. It just said, it stuck with me. It said, don't be afraid of failure. Be afraid of being in the same place a year from now. Yeah. And so I try to kind of keep that around the staff of like, we, we can't, you know, Chuck in a, a message two or three weeks ago, he said, you know, if you change nothing, nothing changes. Yeah. Changing change ain't bad. It can be scary and uncomfortable and all those things, but we got to be willing to kind of fail fast and ax yeah. something. And then, you know, what, what is working? Knowing our people, you're in Minnesota, like you said, what might work in Minnesota might not work in St. John's County, Florida, you know, and, and knowing the people that we're trying to reach um, and being real smart, real savvy in that way so that we can be yeah. and uh, have an impact, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. That's lots of, lots of good nuggets there. Um, and I feel like there's so many things I, I want to pull out of that, but you had mentioned, um, you know, being a- attractive and, and the show that goes on and, I love talking about this because I I really think when I grew up, part of the reason that I wasn't attracted to being a, you know, what, what I thought a Christian was is because every Christian that I knew was broke, broken. They were like the weirdos there. Like that, that said that, Hey, I'm a Christian, but it's like, man, I don't want any of that. That was my, my thought. And now that I've experienced what a, a true relationship is with Jesus Christ, like there, it's so much more than that. And, and that's where I just think, I, I really think we should be attractive, not in the sense that, but what you said, man, we're called the excellence. We should have the, the, the best production. Right. And it's not like fancy bells and whistles, but we, we're going to operate in excellence in everything that we do, because that's what should be attractive. Not that we're, we're uh, putting on the best show, but that we have the best fruit, right? Like, like yeah. it, look for the fruit in, in somebody's life. And that's just kind of a philosophy that I've, I've 
taken on of like, if look for the fruit in other people's life and then just go be around them. And like, if, if we're truly discipling how to, how to measure from a church standpoint, this is so interesting because this is where I think we get caught up in the numbers, right? It's like, well, how do you measure if a church is doing well? It's like, well, how many members do they have? Right. How many, how many members? It's like, well, I don't how many, how many members do they have that are actually tithing? How many members do they have that, that are, have a rock star relationship with their spouse? How many members do they have that are, that have a business, a successful business that has culture, uh, biblical principles within the culture of that business that is producing fruit? Like those are the measurables that are hard to measure, right? As you're, you're growing a community that you're, you're looking to serve so many, but, but I think that's comes back to Sunday service shouldn't, and I, hear me on this. This is my, my kind of new philosophy on this, man. I want to see what you're, you're taking. Yeah, I'm listening. I almost just feel like back to Sunday service, people are like, well, where do you go to church? What do you like? And that's how they say if you're a Christian or not. Meanwhile, they're drinking every night. They're, you know, sleeping around, whatever the situation is, but they're a Christian. Right. So I, I would argue like, are, you know, are they a Christian or are they putting on the, the Christian mask? But back to what I was saying is, Sunday service gets treated so often as like, that's how we evangelize. Like that's how we, we get people in the door. These there's so many seeker friendly churches that give this cotton candy motivational message. Meanwhile, church ain't taking place in, in the fact that nobody's getting better. They, they come there. They're like, ah, and get excited maybe. But like I said, they, they now then cut somebody off or get cut off and they're screaming at the top of their lungs. And the, the, there's no representation of who Christ is in their life. Meanwhile, it's, it's like my, my philosophy on this is like, it needs to be reversed in, in the idea of that. Like, can't we come together? Like church should be about bring your junk. Like, let's see what we've got going on here. Let's peel back the onion and more of like small group style. Cause you're not going to do that in, in like a thousand people. Right. And this is where you'd mentioned the, the, you know, COVID and all of that of like, so many people just got used to, I can watch a sermon on, on stage, you know, or on YouTube um, or half the churches now here, you still go and the screen comes down and you're still watching the sermon. And it's like, I can do this at home. Why would I want to? Because there's no community taking place in which that's church to me. Like I, I need a good teaching. I need a good lesson. I need to be challenged, but then I also need to walk it out and talk with somebody about this and, and get my questions answered. It's not just like go get motivated and then do nothing about it. But church is like, I need help with this. I need, I'm struggling with this. Oh, you have a need. I'm going to sell my field to take care of it. Like that's what I read in the Bible of, but also, Oh, you have a need. We'll get to work. Cause you're freaking lazy. Right. Like yeah. that's church to me. And it's like, too, yeah. right. Can't we do like more, what we know in, a, you know, our culture now we call them small groups or, you know, home groups, whatever it is like that to me is church that should be done on a regular, consistent basis. And then let's do a, a party once a month as like our our evangelism service. Like now we're versus so many people are like, just come to church and you feel awkward. And it's like, this is our, well, we welcome home. Like you're here. And it's just like a weird, weird dynamic. I feel 
where it's like, how do you really truly get to know somebody? It's you spend time with them. You, you, that's discipleship. It isn't for an hour on Sunday that, that we, again, as America, just think like, that's what church is. It's a Sunday service. And that's what I do. I don't know where I'm going with that, Steven, but that's just kind of where I'm just like, something needs to happen here to really build true disciplers, discipleships and followers of Christ, true followers, not like, like, you know, calling themselves a Christian, but have no fruit in their life to actually yeah. show for it. Like I um, threw this, I threw this bumper sticker from a church on my car and now I'm, I'm in, I'm a Christian. I right. Once Barna's researched, I think it's like 1.3 times a month. That's the average, you know, I don't even know how you get decimal points. Point three, right. Yeah. So, so right. I mean, it's, it's a, there, there, there's a lot that you hit on. I think there's, um, I can, I can answer for, for Creekside. We've, we've got a, a strategy that we talk about of Christ community compassion. And so kind of like the pistons of an engine, it's not that one is more important than the other, or it's sequential or anything like that, but that we want people to have a relationship with Christ, recognize him as King, as Lord, as savior. And if, mm-hmm. if he's King, Lord, savior, it means he's, he's got a say in your life. Yep. Um, he's uh, even the word curios, the, the master ruler, not in a mean way, in a good way. He's a benevolent yep. master. But uh, uh, so many people are so quick to say, yeah, Savior, I'm cool with him being my, my get out of jail free card at the end of this thing. But, but the discipleship, the life change and transformation happens when he's Lord. So yeah, people have a clear understanding and commitment to that. And then this community piece, that's what you're talking about. It's, that's, that's the life changing relationships where you, you are, you know, there's all those hallmarky sounding we're doing life together we're better together we're right you know it is we you got to have people that you're able to come to and have and welcome accountability accountability is not a dirty word either Mm -hmm. it's a good thing and in fact whether we want it we need it and there's back to that standard the bible it doesn't say hey here's a suggestion confess your sins to one another if you're comfortable with it like it's do this it's a it's a it's it's obedience um, and so getting people into community groups and um, those, and, and even we have biblical mentors too. So we try to do that a little bit, you know, one-on-one. We've got people that are trained very well to do that and take people along through the scripture and teaching them and, and uh, those, types, those sort of things. And then the, the other piece of so Christ, community and compassion. And compassion is really that surrendered living. Um, you mentioned things like, you know, tithing and um, uh, serving on a team. So now I'm, I'm, I'm less so consumer and I'm trying to find out how can I contribute to the kingdom? Yep. Um, the gifts that I have, you know, I had talked about earlier, my own life, you know, I had people speaking into me and helping set me on a path to recognize the value that, that God has put in you and the gifts he's given you now find a way to use that for the kingdom, you know, for the, for his glory. And so, they're all important and they're all really entry points to the church too. That That's a change yeah. in our church culture. We're trying to um, really a barrier. We're trying to break down right now is for people to see that a community group in a home is an entry point to the church. Be inviting. Yeah. Friends. We don't want your groups to be full and maxed out because we need you to have room in your living room to be inviting that neighbor too. Hey, we're going to come. We're going to have a discussion about the Bible. We're going to share some food. Uh, it's a great, you know, all real people sort of thing. And, 
you know, that that can be an entry point as well into the, as, as also serving, you know, I think there's, there's opportunities. You mentioned those production teams. Yeah. Somebody has to be the most spiritually mature person to operate the lights in the service or to run the sound. We need them to be a really good sound person. Right. Um, and then they happen to be sitting behind the console and hearing the message twice or three times a, a weekend, you know? Yes. And being open to some of that, you know, there's understanding where, where people are, their spiritual maturity. And that's where I feel like the ministry staff at the church, our responsibility is equipping people, empowering people, um, and getting them into the right roles for where they are so that they can grow because serving and service grows us as well. Um, yeah, that's good. There's something that you might, especially I think with understanding the King's council and, and some of your got your passion, your heart, we, our vision as a church is an obvious overflow of Christ in every life. Yeah. Grab that from, uh, John 10, 10. I don't know if you've ever read in the passion translation. It's one of my favorites for devotional. Okay. Just yeah. Out there, the passion translation. Um, but do you God, have it? Do you have it handy? If I have it handy. Can you read it to us? I, I can read John. I'll read John 10, 10 and, and it's, yeah, I'll pull it up and it's language cool. because that's where really the overflow yeah. um, concept came out because you've probably heard, you know, the thief comes to steal and destroy, but I've come that have life, have it to the full. Yep. So this is Jesus talking, the red, red letters here. Um, but he says it this way. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. Mm -hmm. So when we, when we read that before as a staff, we were like, man, that, that word overflow, it's such a, such a word picture. And it's something we would all want. You know, I think, I think some people can read that and immediately think, you know, my, my bank account or the health, wealth, prosperity gospel, like oh, oh, yeah. my retirement, my bank account. Yeah. I want to, I want an abundant life, but Jesus <laughs> is talking about man relationships overflowing yeah. um, the evidence of Christ-like compassion and, and a heart and an attitude overflowing. Um, emotionally you know the fact that maybe, maybe you're hey i'm gonna take care of myself physically because i recognize that, how important that is um this is the, the temple god's given me my body it's i'm to be a steward of this as well yep and and uh and and it finances too you know money's not a it's a tool money's a tool it's not a bad evil thing in fact uh and i'm learning in this seat you know money in many ways money equals ministry it helps sure. you do things and it can keep us from doing things, you know? And so um, money's not a bad thing, but are we, are we acting like a bank? God doesn't call the church to be a bank. He says, Hey, I'm going to trust you with this. Mm -hmm. I'll invest it. You know, we, as a staff, we just read the parable of the talents yesterday, the one, two, five talents given each to their own ability. Yep. And the master there, uh, you know, it can come across harsh, but his, his expectation was, you know, what, what is your obedience? What are you going to do with this? I've entrusted this to you and now your role is to do something with it. Yeah. And the one talent guy, you know, buried it in the ground and, and his excuse, if you read that Matthew 25, he taught, he's kind of, he's kind of blaming. Well, I knew you were such a harsh master. You know, he's turning around. I'm like, because yeah. I'm here to you, I didn't. And, and we just want to go beyond that. We want to be a, um, a church, not, it doesn't matter if it's one, two or five. We want to be a church that says we're going to do something with it. 
we're gonna we're gonna move forward in obedience because we want to see this overflow. So many people's tanks are just empty. They don't have enough time. They're burnout. They are emotionally exhausted. You mentioned marriages earlier. The marriage, the divorce rate in the church is no different than the world. I think right. over that fifty percent mark, you're more likely yeah. to get divorced than to stay married. Yep. And so we want to look different. And, and scripture says we should look different. The ecclesia, that word, the called out ones. We're not supposed to look like the world. We might live in the world, but we're not supposed to, we're supposed to look different. And, yes. And make, and, and the world should look at us and go, what is that all about? And we're able to go, not because I go to this super cool, trendy church. Right. Because my life has been radically transformed, changed by Jesus Christ. And Come if on. haven't experienced that yet, let's talk about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Good. Whether you go to our church or whether you go to a church down the street, if they're preaching Jesus, be there. And if you're there, be all in. And I love that our, our, our lead, our Chuck, I keep mentioning Chuck, but he, he meets, I think monthly or quarterly, maybe, I mean, with five or six other pastors in the area of, of pretty large churches. Yeah. And it's not like a, Hey, how can we steal your sheep? And what are you doing? And what works? And, you know, let's, let's beat each other up. It's more of a, how can we pray for each other? What, what is working? We're all serving the same community here. Yeah. It's working. And how can we be, you know, how can we be involved in that? And because we know that in, in five square miles of our church, there's 80,000 people. <clears throat> we don't have a building big enough to fit 80,000 people. But if we get a church of, you know, a thousand or 2000 people one day on mission with Christ, we can impact 80,000 households because yes. people that are doing and living what God's called them to do. And they're, and they're preoccupied with making disciples. Um, and it doesn't matter if I'm in full-time ministry or I'm, you know, uh, uh, my mom's a nurse at a hospital in Jacksonville. That's her ministry. You know, she realizes, Hey, I might be here doing a job right now. Um, but she also sees it as how am I, how am I going to minister to someone today? You know? Yeah. Yes. That's so good, man, man. Lots that I want to hit on there, but I think that's a great, I mean, just that segment right there. I would encourage people just to rewind this thing and go listen to, to the, that last five minutes there from, from Steven, because that's, it's really what it is. And and even just on that parable of the talents, man, you mentioned it was, I, I really believe that our, our, uh, understanding of who God is, is in direct, direct correlation with how we view money. Right. You mentioned that that first servant was like, I viewed you for you. It's like, it's your fault. Like it's your, I I, I knew you to be a hard man. So he's like, just, I just envision him like crouching down. Like I knew you to be a hard man. So I just hit it and I didn't do anything with it. And and that ultimately is where the the master is like, you are wicked and lazy. And when I've, I read that many times that parable, but when I actually understood that, had that revelation, I was like, snap, like we are called to, to multiply. We are called to put whatever we've been given, whether it's one, two, or five, put it to use. Like that is what God has called us to do, to be fruitful in whatever we do and, and to multiply that and put it to actual use. So whatever you're, if it's a gifting, if, if, if you're good at music, if you're good at, uh, 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 watching kids, being a plumber, if you're good at running a company, be good at it. 
Some people yes. are just good at money and ha- managing it. Yes. Be yeah. excellent. You're, we're all called to excellence. So, dude, this is this has been fun, man. I want to. I know we've got a uh, hard stop coming up here, but I've, this has been great. Maybe we'll have to do a follow up episode. Maybe we can do a follow up after okay. the Kingdom Business Advancement that we have coming up there. Cause I would love to unpack this, this sure. even more with you, man. This has been fun. So Absolutely. Thank, thank you for, I mean, a talk in church and vision and you know, the church in America, especially. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. That's great. Right on guys. So um, again, Stephen Corp here, uh, we are hosting uh, upcoming here, October 21st, 22nd at Creekside Christian church in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, it's not technically Jacksonville. What, what city are you actually in? St. John's. St. John's. John's. Yeah. Okay. In St. John's, Florida, a little South of Jacksonville, right? Correct. Yeah. All right. Um, October 21st, 22nd, we're hosting uh, what we call our kingdom business advancement. Now the King's council, all of our listeners, you guys know that we are, where we serve uh, a community of kingdom entrepreneurs. Um, I was actually sitting in the hot tub with my wife last night, uh, talking through this and she's like, so what is it that like you're actually trying to do? It's just funny that we still have these conversations and it's like, we're a community, but we, we disciple kingdom entrepreneurs. Like that's, that's what, cause Christ is at the first off kingdom business advancement. We are about our father's business above and beyond any other business that, that can ever be thought up of, right? Like we are about our father's business. So kingdom business. Yes. Uh, but then we also are then instilling these, these, uh, these understandings, these strategies, these kingdom money principles, how to operate, how to grow effectively based upon biblical truths and blueprints that we read all throughout the Bible. So that's what we teach on at these events. Um, again, October 21st, 22nd, we're gonna be hosting that Creekside Christian church and Steven, I'm excited to meet you in person, man. Hopefully we'll get to spend a little bit of time with you there that weekend. And, um, I'm sticking around to attend Sunday service. So, uh, if, yeah, so we'll, we'll for sure. I know a lot of, uh, people within the King's council that are coming in are going to be sticking around for that Sunday as well. So looking forward to it, man. It's been fun. Appreciate you hopping on. Thank you, Riley. Thank you so much, man. You bet. We'll see you, Steven. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the King's Council Podcast. For more information on the King's Council and becoming the CEO of your own life, visit kingscouncilcoaching.com today. You can also follow us on Instagram at kingscouncilcoaching. We'll see you next time. Thank you.